Hey, this is Derek Green from Sepultura. You're listening to The Underground. This is Christian from El Nino. This is Dino Cazares from The Fear Factory. Hey, this is Jerry Only. This is Jesse Leach from Kill Kitchen Gage. Hey, this is Richard Patrick from Filter. This is Sonny from The Bad P.O.D. This is Sully Erna from Godsmack. Welcome to the underground, Australia's home of rap, metal, and alternative music. What is up and welcome to the underground. It is Ned joined by Spider One of Power Man 5000. Big time show to kick off the new year in 2023. Man, you must about be just about ready to jump on that plane, Spider One. Yeah, we are leaving uh, tomorrow. So this is like the last ditch interviews, get them in right before we leave and then sitting on our ass for 14 and a half hours across the world so yeah it's gonna be a quite a journey yeah man very much looking forward to it though you kick things off here on thursday i just sort of mentioned that it is the start of the year how did you bring in 2023 spider one it was very uneventful i was home with a few friends and watched some movies and had a couple drinks and that was about it yeah wow it sounds almost it's as funny exciting. living in los angeles it's not like you know, a lot of cities like New York or something where these big New Year celebrations, like LA's weird, like no one does anything. So it's like very really? weird. Yeah, there isn't like the, you know, Times Square dropping the ball, you know, people out in the streets. Yeah, LA's a weird town. It's, you know, it's like, it's like Christmas in LA is weird too. Like, you know, it just, you know, it's like 85 degrees and sunny outside, so. Same sort of deal here. And hopefully you're ready for the hot weather too, because it's been very hot here, Spider One. So yeah, I'm thinking, sure. man, I suppose you're used to it there though. There's nothing better than Southern Cali weather, yeah? Oh yeah. I mean, I grew up in the cold weather, so I don't miss it. I don't think I could ever do it again. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> the fact that it's always nice, sunny and warm. Oh, nice. So on the topic of New Year's, before we get into the shows in that Spider One, do you have any New Year's resolutions for 2023? I mean, mine are always the same every year, which is to be more productive, check off some more things that i want to do in life and just get just stay busy and that's like it's the same every year i I like the idea of new year's i like this idea of like resetting setting up new goals new habits whatever you know achieve some things you haven't so you know a lot of times there's the same things on the list but you know new album make another movie just be more productive you know stuff like that that's what keeps me motivated and yeah makes me get up in the morning and, and get going yeah that's what i like to hear man new album new music exciting new year's resolutions for you but let's talk about tonight the stars revolt is it crazy for you to think that one's like over 20 years old now yeah it, it is it's nuts because i know ne- i could never imagine in a million years that the band would have been lasted for 20 years let alone have an album that's 20 years old in yeah. more now right so it's crazy because like in anything i think of anything 20 years ago in your life it's you're like an entirely different person right it's just yeah. i listen to it now well, i don't listen to it often but if i have to hear it it's weird it's like it's so familiar to me and i know every little nuance of it but it almost feels like a different person made that record you know what I mean? it's really? so long ago because you know you change and your influences change and you you know i feel it's kind of cool to have had to done you know look we there's many different levels of success in music and some people are at the highest level possible and forever and part of the culture and we you know we've been up and down and all around and i just feel like it's but it still is very kind of it's very cool to have made an album and in particular a song with when worlds collide that really did ingrain itself in culture people very reference so. it as like a, a meme you know what i mean it's like it is a thing that it, it is very familiar to a lot of people and i think that that's a very cool thing to have done especially you know as a kid who just didn't 
have I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea how to make music. I had no idea what it was to be in a band or what the music business was. And so just through hard work and determination, just managed to figure some things out and find some success. So it's exciting, man. I, I, like I said, I, I would have never imagined in a million years that I would still be here getting ready to get on a plane and fly halfway around the world to play shows for people. You know, it's, it's remarkable, you know, feel very uh, blessed to have been able to do all this kind of stuff for so many years. Oh, man. And it's very funny you say, like, you know, you didn't know how to make music and all that sort of stuff yet. It holds its own as one of the best sort of new metal albums of all time. So I think you were on to something back then and, and still going strong to this day, of course. But on the topic of that album, with this tour, are you playing it in its entirety or is it like a best of the album or, or what's the go there? Yeah, well, I, we weren't planning on playing the record from you know front to back. We are definitely loading the set with probably majority of that stuff. But it's important to us to play music through all the eras of the band and new stuff and old stuff and everything in between. So it will definitely be a mix of of everything. But yeah, I think we'll probably lean mo you know heavily on that stuff too. Yeah, nice. Prepping for this, I've got David Bowie, David effing Bowie stuck, stuck in my head right now, <laughs> Spider One, and also Cannibal Killers That Kill Everyone. There's a couple of requests right there, man. But uh, yeah. like the Stars Revolt, I, I believe it's on vinyl now, available on vinyl. Will you be bringing any copies down here? Uh, I don't even have one myself. Yeah. I, it's crazy. The, I know it did get released on vinyl, but uh, I don't have any. So if the company that made it is listening to this, like send me a few and I'll be happy to bring them along. <laughs> Yeah. By tomorrow, it might be a little bit slim pickings. That's a pity. I was yeah. hoping to pick a yeah. copy up myself. Just changing right. things up. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think of Australia, Spider One? Well, listen, I don't want to sound, you know, like a tourist, but of course we all think of kangaroos and koala bears. I yeah. think of In Excess and I think of ACDC and I think of, you know, I think, you know, look, at, I, I, want to, I want to find some new Australian, I want to see who's opening for us. I want to hear some cool music, man. I want to hear some local bands and, and discover some new stuff. I also think of Mad Max, quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorite movies all time it's the first mad max so i'm hoping to get a look at the original mad max car which i hear is housed in some australian film museum somewhere so i'm going to try and track that down as well i believe though that might be in the middle of australia man so i don't think you guys will be going anywhere near that i, no. I believe that's in I can't think of the name of the place, but it is, you're, you're talking bulk like right out in the middle of the desert there. But that would be very much cool. I mentioned to this to you before, I'm very lucky. I have seen you guys before at the Gathering of the Jugglers back in 2005, <laughs> I do believe, man. Do you, can you let us know the fond memories and stuff you had of them? I'm a lucky Power Man 5000 fan. I'm telling that Gathering of the Juggalos was the craziest thing we've probably ever done. It is the weirdest gathering of the Juggalos. I mean, it is what it is, right? It's like <laughs> ICP and their insane clown posse following. And all the Juggalos, the show we did was, uh, it was in the middle of nowhere, if I remember correctly, in like some mud-soaked cow field. <laughs> and it was nuts, man, because if the Juggalos do not like you, they will throw bottles of piss and rock at you and Fago yeah. and mud and so as a preparation we had covered all our gear in plastic tarps you know because we didn't know what to expect but 
fortunately, they accepted us as, as family, and the show was it was wild, but it was it went well. And we've since done sh- more shows with those guys. But what a crazy thing, man! The gathering yeah. the juggler. <laughs> it, it, it's always an experience, and I often talk to bands and love hearing the ones that have played at the gatherings and getting their different perspectives on them. Spider One, but back on to talking about Australia. This is actually an extra special show, the Power Man Five Thousand show, because I'm taking my son along to his very first metal show he's hyped up he's a power man 5000 fan what can he sort of how what can he expect man like in a power man 5000 pit what's some advice i can give him to survive it he's 16 well listen i don't know how rowdy the crowds get in australia so it's hard for me to say but as far as what we do i mean i've always told anybody in my band i've always told them you know the one piece of advice is this, this like, you, you you know, when you play live, you really get one opportunity to make a fan. Your son could come see us and decide if we're not giving it 100%, he might be like, ah, eh, I don't ever need to see this again. But if we lay it all out on stage, give everything we got, then maybe we make a fan for life. So I think that that's the one thing that we can always, we always attempt to do. It's just like, there's no, has, no half-assing it on stage. And you just, you know, there's something special, especially these days where, I think that most people are are happy to stay home and stare at their computers or phones. Getting a communal group of people in a room, you know, a few hundred people and and cranking up music and have everybody have this communal experience is is like a really fucking special thing. And um, I think you have to take advantage of it. And I, you know, know, I definitely, as the sort of master of ceremonies of the night, try to get everybody to in that spirit, right? Like to just get involved, man. Like you're here, you're out, you're live your life and, and, and partake in the moment of the show. And I think that especially younger people, man, I don't know if they get it, you know, mm. like put the phone down, man, and just like <laughs> enjoy. enjoy enjoy the moment, you know? Yeah, very much so. And on that topic, Spider-One, do you remember what your first show was? Uh, my very first show, I mean, I, I do remember, well, I used to go to a lot of all ages hardcore shows. So a lot mm. of like folk bands, like my first big concert was the police this will tell you how old i I am this was in 1981 i think in the go-go's oh please the ghost in the machine tour and i was a huge police fan when i was a kid so this was like crazy so that was like my first big show but but the shows that i grew up on were just little shows with 100 punk rock kids or a couple hundred kids seeing black flag or the dead kennedys or that's you know and you know that was that was where i grew up in those kind of situations you know every sunday they'd have all ages hardcore shows in boston i'd take the train in and i'd go to these shows and those were a lot of my earliest experiences with music oh nice man that, that's a whole bunch of fun there i love that spider one man uh changing things up to the pandemic you released the noble rock which i believe is some of your best work to date man like you guys just keep setting that bar you released it during there it, it got a lot of people through the pandemic man what was the recording process behind that and the mindset of releasing it during that time yeah, I mean, I think that we had finished it before then and we made the first video before the pandemic. So we were just gearing up for a normal situation that we were gonna hit the road. And I think we had a couple tours booked to, to promote the record and then everything stopped and we figured like, oh, well, like everybody else, oh, whatever, we'll just postpone the tour for a couple of weeks and then we'll be back at it. And then a couple of weeks turned into a couple of years. Yeah, it was, it was very a weird way to release a record and not, you know, cause the, the normal way is you get out there on the road and you get feedback from fans and you get to play the songs and that never really happened. 
but yet the the record you know stream wise is, is was more successful than the, the one before it so i think it it allowed people to stay at home and maybe listen to more music and find discover more things and so you know i don't look at it as a loss or anything like that it was just a, a different scenario and fortunately now you know we get to play some of those songs now and people know them know them more so it, it all worked out yeah that's cool and interesting that there's more streams on it than the record before because i guess that makes sense because like you said there's a bunch of people sitting at home like listening to a lot more music and and you know more yeah. time to do it i guess sure. yeah. yeah yeah that's cool right there man so how did you survive the pandemic yourself was this the time that you filmed allegoria is that right yeah it became when when the pandemic first hit i was in a weird way other than the pandemic part of it it was almost a weird relief for me to have an excuse to do nothing. There's always something happening. There's always another tour. There's always a new record to write. There's always, you know, and it gave me an excuse to just like, well, wow, I get to do nothing for a while. This is kind of cool. You know, I can just watch movies and hang out. And then the fun of that wore off in about six months. And then I started to go fucking crazy. And I'm like, okay, this is not going to work for me. <laughs> That's when the idea of filming a movie came up and started filming these little short segments, which eventually became Allegoria in this sort of anthology form. It was something that forced me to, to think about a new way of doing things. And, you know, and for that, it's, it was really thankful because it launched this whole new thing for me. And the movie got picked up by distribution and ended up on Shutter and on VOD yeah. and it exists in the world now. And had I not had that downtime, time from touring and stuff I don't know if I would have ever done that so and it also showed me like what's achievable with just like being very strategic and working really hard because we didn't have you know we couldn't have a big gathering of people so we would have a limited crew and a limited cast and limited locations and we were able to create this cool little weird movie they're the pandemic rules or whatever those rules were at the time <laughs> yeah it's, it's crazy man because we were lucky enough to check it out here absolutely loved it and the way that you've tied everything in together is is just fantastic people checking this out need to check out the movie allegoria it is all sorts of awesome man like fun little thing beer and fruit loops is that a regular thing over there in america or, or what's the go there's some fun no stuff I, I don't think it good yeah good catch on that no I, I don't know anybody who's ever had beer and fruit loops but i just thought that this girl in the film is kind of so quirky that that would be something she she might do so, oh, nice. um, yeah just completely made up in my own head yeah so you like totally wrote the whole thing are you gonna have you got any more in the works or anything like that spider one you're obviously man you're a very switched on man yeah uh, the second film is done it's called wow. bury the bride it's another horror film that's going to come out this year so we're just doing the finishing touches with you know post sound and color correction stuff like that so that's done and basically done writing the new power man record so that'll be out this year too got the australian tour we've got a march tour in the state and we'll be touring in the summer so my 2003 is already already booked so i'm i'm full i got room for nothing else i guess <laughs> thinking about 2024 already i love it That's right. title one that is awesome man all right before i let you go i want to hear the beverly hills 90210 story because this one is all sorts of fantastic you popped up back in the day there was spider one dylan brandon <laughs> the works can you let us know how this came about yeah this was uh I want to say this was 1994. We had only released a, a little EP called True Force on a small indie label out of Boston. And we were making some noise as a local band. And oddly enough, the people that ran the record label, their daughter was an actress and she was had a role on 90210. And her boyfriend at the time, 
was Jason Priestley, who played Brandon, was, you know. Yeah. And at that time, I think he had become a producer on the show. And anyway, so they would send them records. And for whatever reason, I guess the Power Man record resonated with Jason Priestley. And he yeah. said, we should have these guys on the show. And it was just like, wow, what? Like, how? You know? But at the time, I was essentially homeless. I was, my girlfriend had just broken up with me and moved to Chicago. And I was sleeping on my friend's couches and... It was the middle of winter in Boston. So we got this offer to get flown to Los Angeles and be on a TV show. So we were like, well, fuck it, man. Let's go. Let's, yeah. check, let's go. And it was incredibly fun in the most weird, surreal week of my life being on that show. And, you know, because I had no experience with any of that kind of world before. And uh, they treated us like movie stars. And I have a distinct memory of standing in a big sound stage and they were filming Tori Spelling dancing on the hood of a car with flames and whatever set to, in, to one of our songs that we had recorded for literally like a hundred bucks back home, you know, because we, <laughs> we made the whole record for $600 in a weekend. And I'm like, man, the only thing I can say is how strange life is that the places that I would find myself and just that this was actually happening. But yeah, ultimately it, it inspired me to move to Los Angeles and which I ended up doing a few years later and the rest is history, I suppose. Wow, yeah, that's crazy. The things that Power Man 5000 have popped up on as well, you've been on The Wrestling, you've been on Zoolander, uh, End of Days is how I discovered you back in the day. Do you have like a, a favorite? I mean, I like, I like that we've been associated with a lot of these, a lot of movie soundtracks. Being a part of the Scream franchise was really fun. We were on the Scream oh. 3 soundtrack. We got to do a, an MTV Scream 3 special back in the day where we were like the house band playing. And that was really fun. I got to meet like Courtney Cox and David Arquette and the whole cast. But you know, the one that probably had the biggest impact was the Tony Hawk Pro Skater yes. video game. It's massive. And I didn't even know at the time. You know, I'm not a gamer, so I didn't play the game. I knew we were on it, but I didn't think much about it. And I didn't realize the cultural impact that that game had had all across the world. Even to this day, people come up to me and, and mention that's when they discovered the band. And that was a huge one for us. Yeah, Tony Hawk, that, that's crazy right there. And Scream 3, also cool. Being a big horror guy, you would have been all about that. Yeah, for sure. We were on the Freddy versus Jason soundtrack. Yes, sir. Dracula 2000. We were just like, we were oh like, yes, I remember Dracula 2000. Yeah, it was, uh, I mean that was the time, the the late 90s, early mid 2000s, that there were so many rock soundtracks, you know, yes. uh, which you don't really get that much anymore. But yeah, I mean we were, you know, it was, it was like always like us and Corn and Slipknot and yeah. Disturbed and Mudvayne and you know we're always on these soundtracks, so they were always these great, great rock soundtracks. Yeah, that's how I personally discovered a lot of music back in the day. It's a bit of a pity, like you said, that you don't get many of them anymore that have got the soundtracks, I guess, with the sort of ending of CDs and whatnot to a sense aren't as big anymore. It's a bit of a shame, really, just thinking about it now. Yeah, I wish maybe someone will bring that back. Maybe I'll do it on my next movie. We'll just I'll just get all the old dust off all the old yes. new metalers and make a kick that soundtrack. Man, you should do that, Spider One. I will hold you to that. You gotta do it, man. But thank you so much for taking time out. I really appreciate it, man. Man, it's so much fun talking to you there. Tour, Power Man 5000. Tonight, the Stars Rebolt is kicking off on Thursday at the Zoo in Brisbane. The Manning Bar on Friday the 13th in Sydney. The 14th in Melbourne at Max Watts. Then in Adelaide at the Gov next Friday, January 20. And Rosemount in Perth on Saturday, January 21st. Pick up those tickets, metropolistouring.com slash powerman5000. Spider One, thanks once again for joining me, man. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.
This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network. GreyWolfEntertainment.net.